Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on both sides of it, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel who shouted in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I wept bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Don't weep. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and your blood has ransomed for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Feel the world is broken. Do you feel the shadows deepen? Do you know that all the dark will stop the light from getting through? You wish that you could see it all made new. Saw creation groaning. It's a new creation coming. It's the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst. It's a good that we remind ourselves of this. Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break a seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who 
I love that song. It's been on my mind and on my heart. I'm so glad that they, they did that song this Easter. And um, I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, if you just look around the room and just see what God has done here today and what he's doing and what he's up to, you know, I, I just feel like, um, you know, you, you just sometimes, uh, I, I think on every service this Easter, I have cried at some point, just thanking God for what he's done. And I think uh, we just need to we just need to every once in a while just say, take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for what you did for us. Thank you for this moment that we can celebrate today, that Jesus didn't stay dead. He got out of the grave. Come on. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Well, hey, I am, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm especially thankful for everybody who's online with us today. Uh, we know that there are uh, many of you watching all across uh, the world. Uh, sometimes you're huddled up in tents, and, and you're huddled up in, in uh, some area around the world. You're a serviceman or a woman. You're in the military, and we want to say thank you so much for watching wherever you're watching from today. We love you. We honor you. Come on, church. Can we just give it up for everybody who's online with us today? We love you. Hey, before we get into the message, I, I want to ask you, would you do me a big, big, big favor, huge favor, if you'd do this with me today, would you pull out this worship guide that you were handed when you came in today, wherever you've set it down under your seat, wherever it is, pull that out, because I want to ask, I want to lead you through something, and if you would just pull it out, and if you're new to church, uh, we call this a worship guide, it stays the same every single week, we don't put new information like in a bulletin or something, we, we created this especially for you if you're a guest. And so on the left-hand side of that worship guide, it's information about our church, it's vision, who we are as a church. And then there's also some info on the back side about what's available to you today at your, uh, as you're our guest. Like we have childcare available. Hey, uh, it's early in the morning. We got coffee. Come on. Everybody needs some coffee every once in a while, some caffeine. So we've got coffee out there for you. Um, but on the, on the inside, there is a card that I want to bring your attention to, and it is this white card that says response card. If you would, go ahead and pull that out with me, and I want to lead you through some things on that card. Um, if you're a guest with us today, I, I want to help, help you um, uh, know that this is the way that you can let us know that you're with us today. But for those who call City Hope home, it's a way that we can pastor you better. We can lead you better. So uh, right on the front is a place that says my name, and you can tell us a little bit about yourself. If you're a guest, just know this, that we will not hassle you in any way. We have a hassle-free guarantee that if you give us any information, we're not going to call you. We are not going to, uh, uh, we're not going to come by your house. What we'll do is three things. We will pray for you by name. So if you, if you put your prayer request down here, we're going to lift you up in prayer. Secondly, we'll send you a text tomorrow, and then third, we'll also send you a handwritten card. We'll have, a, we'll have that in the mail to you by tomorrow as well, and so you can let us know that you're here with us today. One of the most important places on this card is the prayer request, so if you have any prayer needs whatsoever, this is not a gimmick. Like, we would love for you to let us know how we can pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer. Come on, church. We believe in that, right? We believe that God still answers prayer. And so you can let us know how we can pray for you. But on the back side of that card, if you got it, turn it over with me. And it says 2021 Easter, annual Easter survey. So we do this every Easter. And the reason we do it every Easter is because y'all show up. Everybody shows up on Easter, right? So we, we, we get to do it one time when everybody's here. And, and so this is where we can lead you and pastor you better. All right, so I want to lead you through a few things on this card really quick. And you can help us lead you. Number one is this. I'd like to hear a message about what the Bible says on this topic. I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about. And just check whatever boxes can apply to you there, right? And know this, that what we're going to do is we're going to take all of this information, whatever you, whatever you check, and we're going to categorize it. And, and the top five or six most popular items here, we're going to do a series. We're going to start a series next Sunday called You Asked For, and it's going to be built around what you ask for right here. So we're going to talk about whatever topics. We've already pre-selected next week because the number one question is always, how do I know God's will for my life? 
So we're just going to go ahead and talk about that. We're going to go ahead and pre-select because we know every year it's always the number one thing. How do I know God's will? <laughs> so we're going to talk about that next week. And then on your way out, they're going to give you some, some cards just to remind you about next Sunday. We'd love for every one of you to come back next week and be a part of that. And then number two is I'm interested in hearing about these themes. So there's some, there's some themes there. And what we'll do is we'll pray through that and, and we'll, we'll be able to decide which series do we need to do, which is a theme that we really need to spend some time on uh, for, for you as the church. And then number three is the next step in my spiritual journey is, and you can let us know whatever that is, like today is the first Sunday of the month. And so we're doing growth track today. It's happening right now at 1130. We're also doing baptism, everybody. Come on, baptism happens the first Sunday of every month. And and if you, didn't, if, if you are ready to be baptized, but you're thinking, I, I, didn't, I forgot, man, I didn't bring my stuff. We got you covered. We got you. We've got underwear for you, right? We've got, for ladies, both underwear. We've got both sets of underwear for you, fresh out of the box. They've never been worn, promise you, all right? They're fresh out of the, fresh out of the package. Uh, we've got shorts and shirt and towels so that you can, you can get baptized today. We, we came prepared for you, all right? And, and so you can let us know what your next step is. And our promise is that you're not signing up for anything. If you check something, you just want more information. We'll give it to you, right? Number four. This is, I love what God's doing here. Like God has given us influence throughout uh, North Texas. Uh, there's actually people who drive from Oklahoma to come to church here. People drive from Vernon to come to church at City Hope. People come from Henrietta and Holiday and Burke and, and Iowa Park. And there are people from the Metroplex here last night and today. So... So our, our church is growing, and we thank God for that. But if we had to add a service, which one would you be interested in attending? So you can let us know that. Which one would you like to attend? And then number five, because our influence is growing, where would you like to see the next City Hope campus? You know, if, if you put on there, um, like Colorado Springs, I might go start that one myself. Come on. I mean, like... <laughs> Or you, you put some, no, I, somewhere close. We just want to be able to break, break off a piece of what God's doing here and, and go to a city nearby and, and plant a life-giving church, what God's doing here. He can do somewhere else. Amen? Amen. So if you got it, say, I got it. All right, so here's what I need you to do. Keep that card close because at the end of the message, I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing on that card, so just keep it handy. But, but until then, uh, we're, we're in our fourth and final installment of a series that we've been calling What's Next. And the idea of this series is really simple, that everybody is on a spiritual journey. Whether you want to be on a journey or not, you are on a spiritual journey. You may not even believe in God, you're on a spiritual journey, all right? And what we're trying to do through this series is we're trying to help you see where you currently are and then give you clarity to see where God wants you to be. Does that make sense? So where are you now and where does God want you to be? The best way that we can kind of show you what this looks like is through our theme verse for this series. It's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it says that if you can't see what God's doing, in other words, if you don't have clarity to what God wants to do in your life, if you don't know what the next steps are, if you can't see what God's doing, you're going to stumble all over yourself. You're, you're going you're gonna to stumble in your marriage. You'll stumble in your home, your finances. You'll stumble in all, in all kinds of areas because you can't see. You don't have clarity. But check this out. When you attend to what he reveals, when God gives you a next step, when he shows you what's next and you begin to lean into that thing, come on, somebody, that's when you are the most, say it with me, 
blessed. And that's what God wants for you. That's what we want for you is we want you to be blessed. That means to live a life of fulfillment. We want you to be full of joy. But you can only have that if you attend to what he reveals. So, so let me say it this way. It's not just about, this is not just about you stop, stopping what, what causes you to stumble. It's also about getting something in your life that's bigger than what causes you to stumble, and that is Jesus Christ. Come on. So the, so the best way that we can illustrate this is through God's vision for your life. That through, Throughout all the scripture, God shows us four things over and over again that he wants for you. Four things that he, he wants so desperately for you. And I want to give these to you. We, we didn't come up with them. They're in the scripture. But we use it as our vision. And I'm going to give it to you in reverse. This is our vision in reverse. That at the end of the day, one day when, when, they, when, when we put you six feet under... When you're in that box and everybody's gathered around, one day, what we want people to say about you is, man, they made a difference. They did something that was not just focused on themselves. Their life wasn't just about them. They were focused on making a difference in other people. And this is what God wants for our lives, that we make a difference. And let me say it this way, the happiest people I know are the ones that are doing that. They're the ones making a difference. But you can't make a difference until you discover purpose. You can't make a difference for what God's called you to do until you know what your role in difference making is. Like, why did God create you? Why are you on this earth? Why, did he, why, why are you here? Like, why? And, and so when you find out your purpose, come on, this, this is incredible. When you find out your purpose, you really know why you're here to make a difference. Let me say it a different way. Some of you, you can't, you can't see what God wants to do today because you're still filtering through yesterday. You're still stuck in the past, and that's why you need to find freedom in your life. But because yesterday and the past is holding you back. You can't do what God's called you to do today because you're, you're still looking in the rearview mirror. You're, you're still stuck with what happened back then, and God wants to set you free from that stuff. In fact, here's the way I like to say it. Maybe you're filtering, maybe you're filtering today through yesterday. You're filtering your, your present through your past and everything is always somebody else's fault. Or, or if this hadn't happened to you, you wouldn't be this way. And God wants to settle that in your life once and for all. Why can't this be the year that you're not held back by addictions anymore? Why can't this be the year that you really choose to get free in your life? Why can't this be the year, church, where you, you, you hang up the hurts and the habits and you stop letting it keep you from the destiny that God has for you. Because you can't make a difference. You can't discover purpose until you find freedom. But you can't even find freedom until you know God. And that's what today is really all about. That you can't do any of these other things until you know God. Until you have a personal, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to show you today in our, in our Easter message how... How you can do that. I want to show you what Christianity is really all about. All right? Are you ready? Uh, let me, uh, when, when Jesus and Paul, the Apostle Paul, when they talked about knowing God, they used the word K-N-O-W, which is not a shocker, right? Know God. But the problem is we don't understand what that means in our English, in, in our modern culture. There was so much more in the Greek language. We're going to get to that in just a second. But, but there's so much more. Have you ever thought you knew somebody, but you didn't know them? Have you ever been in the, in the supermarket and you see somebody, you think you know her, and, uh, and maybe it's a lady with blonde hair, 
She's got shorts on. And, and you, you walk up behind her and you go, hey, Karen. And he turns around and it's a man. <laughs> wearing Daisy Dukes. Come on. You're like, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were my friend Kelvin. I'm so sorry. I, yeah. You ever, you ever thought you knew somebody, but it wasn't them. It was like, oh, th- that was the wrong, wrong person. Well, um, that happened to me one time. I thought I knew somebody, and I didn't know them. Uh, we, we moved here from Alabama, and when we lived in Alabama, we, we were part of a church called Daystar Church. It was in North Alabama, and our church was, um, we were connected to a local community college. It's called Wallace State, and they, they had a great basketball program, and the coach came to our church, and so we had this little uh, adopt-a-player program uh, where, let me just clarify, we didn't do anything illegal. We were just a family away from families, you know, because you can't, there's a fine line with college athletics. But we were family because they were all from out of state. And so we were family away from their family, and we had, uh, each family of the church would adopt a player. And we had a player named Jamal, and he was a big dude. And uh, he was from Charleston, South Carolina. And we got to know Jamal. We went to his games. I mean, he, he, we celebrated his birthday. We, we, we had him over for dinner, just doing some things to be a family for him. Well, uh, Jamal didn't last the whole first year. Uh, halfway through the first year, he decided, I'm, I'm gone. I'm checking out. I'm going back to Charleston. And so we're dropping him off at the Birmingham Greyhound bus station. And we said, Jamal, listen, if, if you change your mind, if you, if you want to come back, if you want to work through this, we're here for you, man. We'll, we'll give you a place to stay. We will, uh, we will help you. We'll, uh, we'll help you with college. We'll help you get a job. Whatever we need to do, we're here for you, buddy. And that was the last time we saw him, and he got on the Greyhound bus and went to Charleston. A few months later, though, we're in Jacksonville, Florida. We're coming back from a church planters conference. And my phone rings, and I answer it, and the voice on the other line says, Hey, Pastor Ben, this is Jamal. And I'm like, Dude, what's going on? How are you? How's things going? He goes, I'm ready to come back home. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm so glad. So proud of you. Uh, listen, we told you we, we got a place for you. We'll help you with college. Whatever, we'll give you, help you with a job. Whatever we can do to help you, we're here for you. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, well, that's awesome. I appreciate it. I said, well, where are you at? You're still in Charleston? He says, no, I'm up in D.C. Join the carnival. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. Uh, I said, well, um, we'll get you a bus, stay, a, a bus ticket back to Birmingham. He says, no, I want to go to Tuscaloosa. And I was like, well, that's strange. I mean, we, we, got you to, we took you to Birmingham last time. What's up with that? So I didn't think anything of it. I just thought maybe he, he wasn't from the area. Maybe he just didn't remember or know. And so uh, we looked and looked and looked, and we, we finally got him a bus ticket, but it was to Nashville, Tennessee, which was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from us. And so... Right around, uh, this is leading up to the week of Easter, by the way, and um, I drive up to Nashville, 3 o'clock in the morning to go pick up Jamal from the Greyhound bus station. I get there, I call him, hey Jamal, I'm here. He says, I'm here too. And I said, well, I don't see you. He says, I don't see you. And and we're looking for each other for quite a while until I finally see this guy across the, the terminal of the bus station talking on the phone and I realize we're talking to each other, but it's not Jamal. And I'm like, oh, snap. My heart starts racing. Guys, I'm like, am I about to get axed? What is about to happen right now? Like, what is going on? And so um, I walk up to him and I say, hey, are you Jamal? He goes, no, I'm Jamel. Okay. All right. Well, I said, I'm Ben. He says, I don't know you. And I said, I don't know you. (laughs) 
my heart's racing even faster. I'm like, what is going on? Why am, why am I in Nashville at 3 o'clock in the morning with people I don't know? I'm, what is happening right now? So, um, so I, I'm like, I don't know you. He doesn't know me. And so I, I said, well, t- tell me who you think I am. Like, who, who did you call? Who did you think you were calling? He said, well, I had been in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I, was, I got connected to a church there called Daystar Family Church. And a guy there named Pastor Ben had been helping me. And so when he decided that he wanted to come back to Tuscaloosa, he Googled Daystar Church, except he didn't click on the right website. He clicked on our church website. Remember, our church's name is Daystar Church. And he asked to talk to Pastor Ben. What are the chances of there being two Daystars and two Pastor Bens? And so our church, they forwarded the call to me and I answered it. And I, I thought I heard him say, this is Jamal, but apparently he said Jamel, all right? Now, I don't... And he just went along with the whole thing. I'm like, bro, I don't know you. He doesn't know me. Well, uh, so my heart, I mean, I'm telling you, I do not feel comfortable at this moment. I am, I'm not one to pick up hitchhikers. My dad would do that. I'm, I'm not that guy, right? I'm just not that guy. Well, I, I, I said, I don't even know why I said this, but I said, hey, if you feel comfortable... I was not comfortable with this. I said, if you feel comfortable, I'll let you ride back to Alabama with me, and I'll get you a hotel, and we'll, we'll put you up for the night, and then, we'll, and then we'll get you to Tuscaloosa. And he's like, oh, okay, all right. And he acted like it's no big deal. I'm, I'm over here kind of freaking out a little bit. I Actually, because I thought it was Jamal, we were going to stay the night in Nashville because I wasn't trying to buy, uh, drive back to, to Alabama that night. But when I found out it wasn't Jamal, I'm like, we ain't staying. We, I'm not sleeping in a room with somebody I don't know. So on the way back, I, I find out that he's recently out of prison for attempted kidnapping. I'm like, where's his backpack? Please tell me it's not in the car. Thankfully, we put it in the trunk. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Come on. I thought I knew Jamal. I thought, I thought it was Jamal. It was not Jamal. It was Jamel. And how many of you know there was a big difference in Jamel and Jamal? I didn't know that guy. Well, that's kind of what the Greek word for know means. It's the Greek word gnosko, and it means to know personally, intimately, and experientially. Like, hey, I knew Jamal personally. I had an experience with Jamal. We went to his games. Well, he, he had our kids up and, and helped them dunk basketballs. Like, we knew Jamal, but I didn't know Jamel. I didn't know him. So, so this is what, when Jesus says to know God, what he's really saying is to have a personal, intimate relationship with him. And when he said this, the Jewish people kind of freaked out because they viewed uh, themselves way down here and God is way up here. We'll, we'll never be able to have a relationship with God. There's this big gap between us. And, 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 and I know the, the Levites, the priests, they can have a relationship with God, but we can't have that relationship. And, and it really kind of, Caused the Jews to be indignant. All Jesus is trying to help us see is that you can have a personal relationship with him. You can have a personal relationship with the Father. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you how you can do that. I want to show you how how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to show you a couple of places in Scripture where Jesus, Jesus shows us a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. Don't you know there's a difference I mean, I knew about Jamel, but I knew Jamal, right? I wasn't comfortable with Jamel, 
but I was comfortable with Jamal. Like, and so that's what I want to show you is the difference. So let's go to Matthew chapter 7. And, and I want you to listen close here. I'm trying to help you see something about relationship with Jesus. Jesus says here that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, right off the bat, Jesus says, there's a lot of people in church who think they're going to heaven, but they're not. Why? They're doing, they're doing all the rules and, and religion. They're doing all the tradition, but they don't have relationship with me. And he says, uh, let's go back to that last verse. Um, let's go back there. It says, um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. So, so uh, it says in the next verse that many will say to me on that day, Lord, didn't we go to Easter 2021? Hashtag Easter 2020. We were there, God. We, we were there, we were in, like we were, we actually served in Love Week. We took, we took stuff to, to the teachers and the fire departments and, and man, we, we were in a small group, Jesus. We prophesied in your name. We drove out demons in your name. We performed many miracles. We helped people along the way. And Jesus says, I will tell them plainly, I never gnosko you. That's the word there. I never had a personal, intimate relationship, an experiential relationship with you. Away from me, you evildoers. And so what Jesus is trying to help us see here is that God really wants, he doesn't want religion, God wants relationship. Can we show that slide right there? That God doesn't, he's not looking for religion. He's looking for relationship. He's, he's looking for a personal, intimate, experiential relationship with him. So we'll go to, to Matthew chapter 15, where Jesus uh, it says that some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus. They were coming from Jerusalem, and they asked, why do your disciples break the, the, the tradition of the elders? What's the tradition? It's that they don't wash their hands before they eat. So the, the Pharisees, they're all like, why aren't they doing everything just right? They're not obeying the law. They didn't keep the tradition. They, they, they didn't cross their T's and dot their I's. Jesus, why do they do that? And so what, what they're talking about is uh, you had to ceremonially wash your hands and you could not let the water drip from your hands this way. You had to hold your hands up this way and let the water drop, drip down your, uh, your arms, your elbows, which is weird and it's gross, right? I don't understand why they would even do that, but that was their deal. And they, they say, why, why do your disciples break the traditions? And Jesus doesn't even answer their question. He just says, well, why do you break the command of God? What's the command of God? To love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why, why do you break this command for the sake of your tradition? You're so in love with your tradition. You're so in love with hand washing or doing everything just right and so perfectly that you have forgotten that it's really not about that at all. It's really about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about gnosko. And, and he says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You, you just throw out relationship with Jesus and with God because you think that doing the right things will get you to heaven you think that doing is is more important than being you think that doing good is more important than being a son of the most high right and so he goes on and he says you guys are hypocrites say one thing do another Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people, they honor me with their lips. They say everything right. They, they, they say, welcome to City Hope. It's so good to see you today. 
Hallelujah, glory. You gotta get, remember, thee before thou except after thine. Traditions. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. What does that mean? They, they, they really don't mean it. Their teachings are just rules taught by men. And so Jesus is trying to help us see there's more to it than that. There's more to this Christianity thing than just doing everything right. God's not so concerned about that church. Because what he knows is when you get to know him out of the overflow of your heart, you're going to want to do right. You're going to want to live right. He's not expecting you to get right so you can get to him. Right? So here's another scripture. Matthew chapter 25. This is a parable. Jesus is, is he's kind of helping, he's given a story to help us see a bigger truth. And I'm going to explain this to you as we go. That at the time, at that time, the kingdom of heaven. Now, the context is he's talking about the end times. He's talking about the end of the world when the church, when, when it's almost over. Jesus is about to come back. That's what he's talking about. And he says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will, t- will be like ten virgins. Ten virgins represents the church. They took their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. That's us, right? Five of them were foolish and five were wise. So hold up. If ten virgins represent the church, then what Jesus is saying is that 50% of the church is not even going to make it to heaven. But I thought I knew you, Jesus. I thought we had, I thought we had, I, I thought we had something. And he's like, I don't know. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they didn't take any oil with them because they're foolish, right? The wise, however, they they took oil in their jars along with them. The next verse says that the bridegroom was a long time in coming. Hold up. Uh, um, So so Jesus is a long time in coming. Jesus is the bridegroom. We're the church. We're we're the ten virgins here. So So the bridegroom was a long time in coming. We've been hearing for years, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back one day. And and what happens is a lot of the church has fallen asleep, just like Jesus said. At midnight, the cry rang out when, when they didn't expect it. When the church is least looking for Jesus to come back is when he's going to come back. At midnight, the cry rang out, and here's, here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And then all the virgins woke up. The church woke up, and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil. And every time I read this, I hear it like part of Napoleon Dynamite. What I hear is, Napoleon, give me some of your tots. No way, go find your own. Gosh. That's what I hear when I read this. I hear him say, give us some of your oil. No way, go find your own. And they they replied, no, there's not enough for both of us. Go to those who sell and buy some for yourselves. But what's the problem? It's midnight. Everything's closed. They can't do that now. It's too late. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom, Jesus came back, the virgins who were ready, they went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. So 50% of the, of the church went in. Five, five of the, the virgins went in. And then it says, later the others also came. They said, sir, open the door for us. But Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Now this right here is where we kind of put words in Jesus' mouth. I tell you the truth, you weren't good enough to get in. I tell you the truth, you should, have, you should get down on your hands and knees and beg me to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's really what you should do. See, that's, why, that's the way I grew up feeling. 
was that I, I had to just be good enough. I, I tell you the truth, you didn't do everything that I said for you to do. And because of that, sorry, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. I, I always felt like I was never going to measure up when I, when, I was, when I was a kid. But see, that's not what Jesus says. It's not about your works. It's not about your traditions. It's not about what you do. He says, I tell you the truth, I don't gnosko you. I don't have a personal, intimate, experiential relationship with you. I thought you were Jamal, but you were Jamil. I don't know you. And, and that's the sad part of it all. I don't want that for you. I want, when, when, you, when, you, when the time comes, I want Jesus to be able to say to you, man, where'd he go, man? I'm so glad you're here. So here's, here's the thing. If, if you feel far from God today, if you've drifted, maybe, maybe you were close to God at one point in your life, but you've drifted, it might be because you're not in love with God. And you know you're not in love with God when you have a sense or a feeling of hopelessness. You feel like there's no hope. You feel like you can never measure up. You can never do good, enough good things. And, and so no matter what you do, you're always going to come up short and God's always going to be angry at you. That, I mean, that's the way I kind of felt growing up. Like, I felt, growing up, I felt, in fact, I was even told, when you get to heaven, they're going to have a big projector up there and they're going to replay everything you've done wrong. And I was like, well, then I don't want to go to heaven <laughs> because I've got too much stuff that I don't want people to know about, right? Well, who would, want to, who would want that? Who would want to go to a place where they just, they, they, they diss you like that, you know? No, oh, that's not the way it is. So you have a feeling of hopelessness. Number two, you have a feeling of frustration with trying to do good. You're, you're, you want to do good. You're trying to do good. And you say, Pastor Ben, it's so hard to serve God. And it will be hard to serve God if you're not in love with God. But if you are in love with God, it's the easiest thing you'll, you'll ever do. Because his burdens are easy. His yoke is light. He doesn't put a heavy burden on you, church. Number three, the reason you may feel far from God or you're out of love with God, maybe, it's, maybe you have a feeling of envy for those who seem to be closer. You look at people's lives and you go, I wish I had what they had. I want to be close to God like them. I wish I had that kind of relationship with God. And so you, you're envious. You're jealous of what other people have. And I'm just saying to us today, why can't this be the year? Why can't Easter 2021 be the year that you fall in love with Jesus all over again? Why can't it be the year that you really, that you really go all in? All right? So I want, what I want to do today is I want to show you what Paul said about knowing God. And in Philippians chapter 3, he says it this way. This is my prayer for you today. Paul says it this way. I want to know. That's gnosko. There it is again. I want to have a personal, intimate, experiential relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I have that relationship with him, then I can experience the mighty power of, of the cross. The mighty power that raised him from the dead. Listen to me. The, the, the resurrection, Easter, is not just about candy. Like I, I enjoy the Reese's bunny-shaped cups. Those are nice, right? You, you like those Cadbury eggs? They're delicious for some of you. I'm not a big fan. Some of you are, right? It's not about the Easter bunny, which, by the way, epic fail on our part. We don't have one. Sorry about that, parents. We do have Mickey, okay? So you... <laughs> Consolation prize, right? It's not, can I tell you that it's not, even about the, it's not even about the resurrection of Jesus alone? 
I don't want to mess up your theology, but, but Easter's not just about Jesus getting up out of the grave. Listen, he got out of the grave so that you could also experience a resurrection in your own life, so that you could experience the mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You can have a resurrection of your own. Amen? So that's what I want. We're gonna put, I'm putting the cookies on the bottom shelf today, make it super easy, and I want to show you three principles to help you know God. If you don't know God, this is for you. You can know God, number one, when you love him because he first loved you. Like, if, if, you're, gonna, if you're gonna love him, you don't love him because of what he can do for you. You don't, love him, you don't love him because he's good and he's perfect. You love him because he first loved you. And his love is unconditional. He loves you for no good reason. That's what unconditional means. He didn't need a reason to love you. He just loved you. In, in spite of everything that we've ever done wrong, everything that we've messed up, all of our mistakes, all of our sin, he loved us. The scripture says it this way, uh, that, that we love, First John, we love because he first loved us. Listen, you don't have to get your act together to get to God. You've got to get to God so you can get your act together. You've got to get to him first. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. In spite of everything that we've done wrong, he's not mad at us. He is madly in love with us. If he has a refrigerator, your picture is on it. If he's got a smartphone, your, your, your picture is the background of that smartphone. He loves you. He has a plan for your life, and he wants good things for you. Can I get an amen today? See, he's not looking for you to get your act together. He's, he's not interested in you fulfilling all the traditions. He's not interested in, in waiting to see if you love him first. He just loves you. Number two, though, number two, you're going to have to seek him with all of your heart. Seek him, but the emphasis is really on all. Like, you've got, you got to go all in. You've got to go all the way with him. It can't just be part way. It can't just be halfway. Like... Like, I, re I, remember, um, I remember when I was in middle school, I had two girlfriends. You know how long that lasted? Not very long. And when they found out, I had no girlfriends, right? <laughs> like, you got to go all in with one or the other. You can't have both. You gotta, it's got to be all in. And you got to go all in with Jesus. You got to seek him with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13 says that you will seek him and you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart, with everything in you, that's when, you're gonna, that's when you're going to find him. And so I want to ask you today, what would it look like if you went all in this year? What, it, what would it look like if Jesus wasn't just on your list, but he was at the very top of your list? What would it look like if you said, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to try this Christian thing, I'm going to give it all I've got. And the way we say it here is to, to give us a year. We have what we call the one-year challenge. And a lot of you have taken that challenge before. The one-year challenge says, give God a year of your life. One year. Come to church every single weekend. Get, get in here every single weekend. Go through the growth track. Uh, start, start going to, uh, to small groups. Go through the, get on the dream team. Begin making a difference with the gifts that God's put in your heart. And in one year, I promise you, your life will be different. Come on, somebody. Does anybody believe that? I believe it. But... Yeah, so, but I know that's preacher talk, right? Um, I, some preachers say, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm telling you the truth, right? I, uh, I think that's funny, though. I'm not just preaching, telling you the truth. 
I thought that was funny, but okay. Uh, all right. Uh, but I'm re- I really mean it. I believe that with all my heart. So I'm not going to try to convince you of that. I'm going to let Gary and Tina do that. Check out this video. Life for City Hope um, was basically just, just going through the motion, waking up every day with, I just didn't have a purpose. And, uh, just going through City Hope, everything just, everything got better. Going to church on Sundays, attending a local church in Wichita Falls, and just going through the motions. You know, we'd be there when, you know, when church started. We'd go in, we'd sit in the same row, uh, we'd sing our songs, we'd sit down, we'd listen, we'd get up, we'd leave, we'd go home, we'd do the same thing the next Sunday. And we wouldn't go any other time. That's how it was before we came to City Hope. Uh, the first time we came to City Hope, uh, it was really great. It's like a family atmosphere. Uh, we came in, Ben came up immediately and introduced himself and uh, asked what our names were, and he remembered our names. That's what stuck out, stuck out to me, is that he remembered our names. Um, came back the next Sunday and he said, Hi Tina, how you doing? And it was just awesome. And ever since then, you know, we kept coming back because it really meant something to us that he remembered our names. And when I first came, just the uh, the atmosphere of everybody around me. Um, it was so much joy, so much happiness. I mean, everybody was high five, and I'm like, right. what's going on here? This is <laughs> this is amazing. Right. This is yeah. this is awesome. Like, you know, I want to be a part of this. So, I mean, it was just an experience that I never felt before, and I just felt like I was happy. God has totally changed my life um, since we came to this church. Um, before coming to the church, I, I felt lost. I felt like I didn't have a purpose in life. I felt like I was just going through the motions. Through City Hope, Pastor Ben, Annalise, this journey's been amazing. Um, God's changed my life in so many ways. Um, we definitely feel like we have a purpose now. You know, there's a reason why we're here. And that's from coming to City Hope and, and learning through growth track um, in Pastor Ben's messages that we have a purpose and we're not just all just here to die. You know, we're here for a purpose. So that's been our experience. Right, definitely, definitely. Like going through growth track, that's that's where you learn. Pastor Ben always said, just give, just give us a year, you know, and that's exactly what we've been doing. Um, get baptized, go through growth track where you discover your purpose. You know, why are you here on earth? Um, that's where you find your gifts. That's where you discover where you're supposed to be at in life. Uh, in small groups, that's that's where you connect with people. You have a friendship, you have a fellowship. Um, you're gonna have a long life friendship with those people. Uh, it, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. Uh, we're currently serving uh, as greeters. Uh, we're the first person you see when you walk through the door. We're gonna be high-fiving you, uh, fist bump, waving at you, everything, so. All right, we're opening the door for you. Hi, my name is Gary. And I'm Tina. And, and this, this is, is our, our story. story. Hey, come on, let's thank God for that. Let's thank God for what he's doing in their life. And my promise to you is that if he did it for them, he can do it for you too. But, but did you notice they said the, the one-year challenge? He talks about, give us a year. And I'll just say to you today, give God a year. See what he'll do with your life. See what he'll do with your life. The third thing that you've got to do is this. You've got to give him everything. Give him, you've got to give him your life. Completely. Like, 
complete surrender. I don't, I don't want to be in control anymore, God. I, I'm, I love you because you love me. I'm going to give. I'm going to seek you with all my heart. But you, you got to give up what you want. You got to give him your life. And I need you to know this. I need you to know that um, Jesus isn't tallying up your sin. Like he's not in heaven every time you, you make a mistake going 2,823 mistakes. It's not him. I, we, we think like that sometimes because we're human and, you know, like we write people off. God doesn't write you off. I need you to know that. I need you to get that, buy into that today, that he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. He's not tallying. What he's asking is, do you love me? The question of the day is, do you love me? Do you love Jesus? Do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? In Luke chapter 9, it says that if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. If you try to do it your way, you're going to lose it. If you try to if you try to make sure you do everything just perfectly, it's not going to add up. He's not interested in all of that. But if you give up your life for his sake, you'll save it. You've got to give it all, 100%. And that's what I want to lead you in today. Uh, normally, this is the part of the service where I would uh, ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. But I'd love for you to pull this card back out. This is what we, we had earlier, the response card. If you'll take that out. I want to lead you in one more thing on the front of that card. There are four letters there. So I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call anybody to the front. I'm not going to have you raise hands or anything like that. But there's four letters there, and you are one of those letters. You are, whether you like it or not, you're an A, B, C, or D. So let me walk you through what that is. A just simply means, that Pastor Ben, I'm, I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you today, we're grateful that you already have a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're saying, well, this, is, this was an awesome service. We're happy to be here. We're going to go eat, you know, I was going to say Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner, Easter dinner together. But we're good, we're good. B is this. B means I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus today. Right now, today, I've decided I've been doing it wrong. Or maybe you're restarting a relationship. Maybe you've been trying to, maybe you thought Christianity was all about the do's and the don'ts and the religion. But today you realize it's about relationship and you want to begin a relationship. C simply means I'd like to consider it a little bit more first. And this is for those of you who would say, man, I, I really like the church. I love the environment. People are friendly. But I, I'm just not sure about this whole Christianity thing right now. I don't know if I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus. And I want you to know that we are a safe place for people like you. right? And what I mean by that is I've always dreamed of having a church where you could come to church and be unsure of, of Jesus and be unsure of Christians and be unsure about this whole God thing. This is a safe place for you. And, and what I would just ask is keep coming back. Keep coming back because we want a church where people can belong before they ever believe. Where they, where they feel like they're part of a community. And maybe eventually you'll give your life to Christ. Maybe eventually you'll make that decision. But we can't make that for you. This is a place for you though. And then D is this. Letter four is I don't ever intend to make that decision. 
I'm just here because my mama made me come here. Like, I don't, I didn't even want to be here today. But if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. So I came. But I don't ever, I'm not going to make a decision to follow Jesus. I'm, I like the way I'm going right now. And if that's you, you just need to know we're going to pray for you, okay? We're going to lift you up in prayer. And so what I'd love for you to do is take 10, 15 seconds. And if you need to complete the rest of the card, keep working on that. But just let me know where you are on this spiritual journey. A, B, C, or D. A, B, C, or D. And then what I want to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to pray for you and then lead you in a prayer. So take 10, 15 seconds to make sure you, you know which one you are. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. still filling that card out you can you can keep going but I want to pray for you right now right where you are Lord I thank you for every person gathered here today um, on the main level in the balcony online everywhere we are today we thank you for your presence and your power God I'm asking you right now would you would you do a work in us Lord would you would you draw us closer to you Lord I thank you for every person who who's already in a relationship with you. We give you praise for that. But for every person today who's beginning a relationship with you, they're stepping into a new relationship. God, I'm asking you to give them strength and give them grace and give them power. God, I'm asking you to to give them courage and boldness to be a believer so that when they go to work or they go to school tomorrow or they go to the university or they'll walk in boldness and they'll walk in courage and they won't walk in fear of, of, of man or fear of what people say but they will be proud to say that they are a believer in Jesus Christ and as they love you and they develop this, this um, life giving relationship with you Lord you'll begin to work in their hearts you'll begin to change them Lord we don't have to get perfect to get to you we just need to, we just need to know you and Lord, you'll develop that inside of us. So God, I thank you for every person who said they're a C, that they're considering it. God, I'm asking that you would show yourself, reveal yourself to them today. Make it clear how much you love them, how much you care, how, how, much, you, how much you want a relationship with them. And for those who don't ever intend to make that decision, God, we pray that you would just pour out your grace on them. Open their eyes to see what you've done. Open their eyes to see how powerful and how mighty you are in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With your head bowed, let's say this prayer with me. For every B, for every person who's beginning a relationship with Jesus, say this with me today. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to know you personally, intimately, experientially. I want a relationship with you. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Wash me white as snow. Forgive my sins. Give me a fresh start. From this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's give him praise for lives that are changed.